Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the breaking news on the San Jose shooter, what he told law enforcement about hating his job, his past issues with anger, and why witnesses say he was targeting certain co-workers. New video tonight of the killer as CBS News learns Samuel Cassidy was previously questioned by federal agents. What they found on him that made them so concerned. Plus new details about his arsenal of guns and ammunition and what we're learning about the nine victims and the grieving tonight for the lives lost. On the road again, with millions now vaccinated, Americans are on the highways and in the skies tonight. One out of every four people traveling this Memorial Day. And the stunning new video of that passenger attacking a flight attendant. Wicked weather, 22 million Americans in the path of dangerous storms, high winds, possible tornadoes, and the rain and chilly temperatures that may dampen your weekend barbecue. Falling on deaf ears, the mother of a fallen Capitol Police officer begs GOP senators for a bipartisan investigation into the January 6th riot, while the Republican leader is asking his party to vote no. Strip search outrage, the disturbing body cam video of Baton Rouge police strip searching two black men, then entering their home with guns drawn. Tigers roar. The star golfer breaks his silence after that devastating car crash. And racing through the glass ceiling. Meet the women in the pit and on the track, making history at the Indy 500. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with breaking news on that deadly shooting in San Jose, California, and a warning that may have been missed. Tonight, CBS News has learned that border agents questioned and released the killer, 57-year-old Samuel Cassidy, five years ago after he was found returning to the U.S. carrying writings about terrorism and professing that he hated working for the Valley Transit Authority. It was at the same transit rail yard where he opened fire Wednesday, gunning down nine of his colleagues in what now appears to have been a methodical execution, with Cassidy shooting specific co-workers and letting others go. Now, as we come on the air tonight, we're learning more about the co-workers who lost their lives and the heroism that they showed as those shots rang out, one victim actually even pushing someone to safety before being killed. CBS's Jamie Yukas is in San Jose again tonight and is going to lead off our coverage. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening, Nora. Newly released video shows the shooter, Sam Cassidy, who has just killed co-workers, casually walking from one building to a second building, where he took the lives of even more people. A co-worker told us Cassidy was antisocial, unpleasant, and clearly disgruntled while at work. Tonight, the first images of the gunman during the rampage, walking between two transport authority buildings, where he killed nine co-workers at a San Jose rail yard. Santa Clara County Sheriff Lori Smith says 57-year-old Samuel Cassidy appears to have targeted the victims. We do know that he confronted one person and said, I like you, get out of here, and then went to the next. The person that he did not shoot was not an employee there. A federal official confirms to CBS News U.S. Customs officers had previously detained Cassidy after a trip to the Philippines in 2016, noting he professed a hatred of his workplace and possessed books about terrorism. A neighbor's door cam video shows him putting a bag in his truck and leaving home the morning of the attack. It contained three automatic handguns and 32 magazines. This is an active shooter. 39 rounds were fired before law enforcement confronted the shooter. By then, he had killed himself. We had a lot more ammunition. This could have been a lot worse. It really could have been. I believe that our deputies actually prevented more loss of life. Our friends will be missed. The nine victims include Tuptupjik Singh, a train operator for roughly nine years. He leaves behind a wife and two small children. Before he was gunned down, co-workers told his family the 36-year-old Singh pushed one of them into a room to hide from the shooter, then frantically started warning others. He just saved her, and then after that he go towards the downstairs, you know. There was no answer, and then I texted, and there was no answer. Coroners confirmed a ninth victim, 49-year-old Alex Ward Fritch, who died at the hospital. The nurse came in because he was deteriorating. And she said, he knows you're here, he's crying. And he took his last breath. Police are also investigating a fire at the gunman's house that broke out around the same time as his attack. But it seems too coincidental that we'd have a fire about the same time as the active um, shooter. He had to have some kind of a delay for the fire being started. Investigators believe Cassidy acted alone. His ex-wife, Cecilia Nelms, says he struggled with his anger during their 10-year marriage. His temper, that, that was one of our biggest problems. 
Local law enforcement, fire and emergency crews had recently just trained in an active shooter drill at the rail yard. The sheriff said her deputies tell her their training immediately kicked in and she's positive they saved lives. There is a vigil tonight and we've learned some of the victims' families will be there to grieve. Nora? Mm. Jamie Yukis, thank you. Well, tonight, after 14 months of lockdown, Americans are ready to get out and hit the road. One in four say they will travel this weekend as COVID restrictions are lifted across the country. We get more on the holiday rush from CBS's Errol Barnett. Tonight, signs the tremendously busy travel weekend has already begun. Security lines at Washington's Reagan Airport stretching hundreds of yards. Similar scenes in Atlanta. Very, very, very busy these days. And Los Angeles. Americans flooding out of their homes after over a year of pandemic hibernation. I can't wait to see all of my family at the actual airport. Marla Smith in Missouri is one of millions traveling this weekend, heading to an annual reunion with 60 family members canceled last year because of COVID. I'm more excited to see the look on my grandkids' face when they see Vegas. AAA expects more than 34 million will hit the roads while two and a half million will fly. That increased demand welcomed by two new budget airlines launching in as many months. Today, Breeze Airways started offering passengers low-fare trips across the southeast. It is night and day compared to 2020. Analyst Henry Hardevelt says the urge to travel after such a difficult year is lifting the entire industry. Hotels are booked full. Rental companies like Airbnb and VRBO say that they are sold out in many communities. And rental cars are all but impossible to find. But this increased travel during a pandemic presents its own challenges for the airlines. New video tonight showing the attack on a Southwest flight attendant earlier this week, assaulted by an angry passenger who refused to keep on her seatbelt. That video, just incredible. Now, airlines say they are fully prepared for tomorrow, which is typically the busiest day of the travel weekend. In fact, American says it will operate 20,000 flights through Monday. Compare that, Nora, to this time last year when it operated just over 7,000 flights. Good to see people traveling again. Errol Barnett, thank you. Well, tonight, tornado thunderstorm and flash flood alerts are posted across the central U.S. Tornadoes ripped through Nebraska and Kansas on Wednesday. And now the system is pushing east, bringing storms and much cooler air to millions this Memorial Day weekend. CBS's Lonnie Quinn joins us now with the forecast. Lonnie, any chance the forecast is going to get better? You know, I, with each passing day, Nora, I've been watching it, at least for the, the northeast, it gets worse and worse as we push along. So, listen, there's always a chance Mother Nature can be fickle and change her mind, but right now it's not looking great. Some folks get great weather, some folks not so much. Let's start off with where the bad weather is right now. Oklahoma, flash flooding concerns. That line of severe weather from Oklahoma to Illinois, by the time you get to the overnight hours, it's dropping south into Dallas. Now, whether the winds are twisting like a tornado or whether they're just straight line winds, they can do some damage. All right, so know that tonight in the Dallas area. But really, the bigger story could be brewing around Chicago. Big travel day. We just heard from Errol. It starts tomorrow. Well, Chicago starts off with some rain out there, the type of rain that will cause flight delays. That line moves into the mid-Atlantic by tomorrow afternoon. Washington, D.C. into Virginia. We are looking at the chance for severe weather there. Then to New York with a lot of rain, maybe two to three inches. But it's not just wet. It's cold. Newark, New Jersey, yesterday, 94. Newark on Saturday, 53. If you're looking for the heat, you go to Sacramento by Monday, 105 there, kicking off a heat wave. So, again, some people get the good weather, Nora, and some people not so much. It's all yours. Yeah, I know what kind of weather we're getting. All right, Lonnie Quinn. Not, <laughs> not so <laughs> great. You. Not so great. Okay, thank you. 
Now to the COVID pandemic. Tonight, 40% of all Americans are fully vaccinated against COVID and nearly 50% have had their first shot. And heading into this Memorial Day weekend, jobless claims just hit a new pandemic low. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver. Tonight, the crowds are coming. I think everybody's just got cabin fever and they can't wait to get out. The U.S. is now averaging fewer than 22,000 new cases a day, a 92% drop from January's peak when more than 300,000 new infections were reported in a single day. But Dr. Anthony Fauci warned today it's too soon to declare victory. That we can't be complacent about this until we've essentially gotten the level of infection dramatically lower than it is now. Vaccination rates have fallen by more than half since April, but there was renewed interest after the CDC updated its mask guidance. Traffic to vaccines.gov grew by 23% that week. Incentives also helped, like Ohio's Vaximillion sweepstakes. One of the first fully vaccinated winners says she's still in shock of becoming a millionaire. It was... Um, a Wednesday night that I'm never going to forget. Not to be outdone, tonight, California unveiled the nation's biggest vaccine jackpot. Ten state residents will each win a million and a half dollars. More than 40 states have already lifted mask mandates. California will lift theirs in mid-June, Massachusetts on Saturday, and tomorrow masks come off in New Jersey, where crowds are expected to bombard the beach, and business owners are scrambling to hire workers. I think it's just there's so much competition for the same person. Tim well, McClune owns nine restaurants at the sure Jersey Shore. A total alternate job showed up DoorDash, to-go, dining, Uber, uh, you know, Lyft, all these companies that hired people mostly between the ages of 18 and 25, let's say. That's your biggest competition? Yeah. As businesses struggle to hire seasonal workers, some are offering incentives like accommodations and hiring bonuses. Here at McLoon's, they expect to stay open around 60 percent capacity until they fill the rest of their job openings. Nora. All right, Meg Oliver. Thank you. Well, tonight, the Senate is set to block a bipartisan investigation into what was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. This despite an emotional appeal today from the mother of a Capitol Police officer who died after being hurt in the January 6th assault. We get more now from CBS's Nicole Killian. Nearly five months since Officer Brian Sicknick lost his life after being sprayed and attacked during the insurrection, his mother Gladys returned to Capitol Hill determined. Do you think you can change minds today? I hope so. I hope so. And Brian had a work ethic like second to none, and he was just there for for our country. Mrs. Sicknick said it would be a slap in the face if there was no commission established to investigate what went wrong on January 6th when four others died and over 140 police officers were injured. Joined by Sicknick's girlfriend and two officers who braved the siege, they lobbied Republican senators not to block a bill to establish the 10-member bipartisan panel. I think it's uh, very disturbing that anyone would not want to support this. I mean, why would they not want to get to the bottom of such horrific violence? What was your message to the families? Uh, that they were heard, that what they had to say was very important. But Democrats are short of the 10 Republicans necessary to approve the commission. And Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has lobbied his colleagues to vote against it. I do not believe the additional extraneous commission that Democratic leaders want would uncover crucial new facts or promote healing. 
Some Republicans, including former President Trump, are concerned the panel's findings could implicate them and hurt the party's chances in the midterm elections. There's no excuse for a Republican not to vote for this unless they don't want to hear the truth. One of the few Senate Republicans to support a commission, Utah's Mitt Romney, has said opposing a proper investigation into the January 6th attacks would not look good for the party. Nora? All right, Nicole Killian, thank you. And tonight, disturbing video has surfaced of a police officer in Baton Rouge strip-searching a 16-year-old and his older brother during a traffic stop in broad daylight. That officer is now under investigation, and we warn you, the video is hard to watch. Here's CBS's Jeff Begay's. At least three or four people in the car. Within minutes after a traffic stop on New Year's Day in 2020, Clarence Green is standing in the street behind an SUV with his pants down and his underwear exposed. Hey, stop. Come on, you can't do that, bro. I can. The officer groping him in public in a search for drugs. And then Green's 16-year-old brother is searched in the same manner. Come on. Thomas Frampton is a Green family attorney. I think what's captured in the video bears a closer resemblance to sexual assault than it does to constitutional policing. The officers involved were clearly outside the bounds of anything that the Supreme Court has said is permissible for law enforcement officers to do. Later, body camera footage shows an officer entering the Green family home with his gun drawn and without a warrant. Officers did find a gun in the search, and Clarence Green ended up spending five months in jail until a judge ordered his immediate release after determining that officers demonstrated a serious and wanton disregard for the defendant's constitutional rights. You think I'm playing with you? I will f*** you up. Tonight, the Baton Rouge Police Department told us that it had conducted an internal investigation, but the officers involved in the incident remain on the job. We're not going to dirty your clothes. It will be up to the police chief to decide whether the officers will face any sort of discipline. I think there's a lot of work there to be done by the chief of the Baton Rouge Police Department to determine if policies and procedures were followed. If they were not, then disciplinary action should follow. Nora, it turns out the police reports in the investigation had been revised nearly a dozen times. The family did file a federal lawsuit but settled for $35,000. Jeff Pagase, thank you. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, Tiger Woods, who has had five back surgeries, tells Golf Digest that his recovery from the February car crash is the most painful rehab he's ever experienced. No word on whether he'll return to golf, but Woods says his number one goal right now is just to walk on his own. This week, Woods spent some time with a young cancer patient named Luna Perone, who says he told her to stay strong. 
All right, racing history will be made on Sunday at the Indy 500. Peretta Autosports driver Simona Di Silvestro, plus the spotters, engineers, front office, and most of the pit crew are, yes, women. Now, that is a first in the race's 105-year history. Just wanted to share that with you. A college-bound student is now an inspiration all over the world. CBS's Jim Axelrod with the story of how this young woman turned her loss into triumph. (gasps) Abigail Mack is on quite a run. Getting into Harvard after making a splash on TikTok. 18.3 million views of her tips for writing a college essay. I used to have two parents, but now I have one. I always knew that I wanted to write about my mom in some capacity because it's something that has really shaped my life. Abigail's mother died when she was 11. I hate the letter S. Her essay focused on her issues with the letter S, the difference between having a parent and parents. And I think that has also contributed to why people have really connected with this, because the theme itself is very universal to loss. I was extremely moved by her story. 5,000 miles away in Brazil, Anna Pratz lost her dad two months ago. Wanting to come to the U.S. for college, she'd been uncertain what to write about. Not anymore. And it made it okay for you to write about your dad? Yes, yes. That, that's the, the most important thing I, I got from it. I don't seek out sadness, so S must stay on the sidelines. What do you think your mom would be making of all this? It's funny, I get the question a lot. Oh, do you think your mom would be proud of you since you're going to Harvard? And I think she'd be proud of the way that people have felt comfortable to reach out to me to share their own stories. I think that is what she would be the most proud of. Here we are at Harvard. As this valedictorian knows, some things are even more valuable than a Harvard acceptance. Jim Axelrod, CBS News. Across the country, you're practicing for what CBS's Steve Hartman hopes is becoming a Memorial Day tradition. We'll have more tomorrow. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.